This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Good morning, everyone. I am going to read from our scripture passage today. This is, we're going through the letter of 1 John. This is the letter that he wrote uh, to a group of Christians in the Roman Empire, and this is God's word to us as well this morning. This is 1 John 1, 5, 2 through 2. Little book in the, toward the end of the New Testament. This is what John says. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we are walking in the darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would send your spirit to uh, make us open-hearted and open-handed before you, that you would speak to us, that you would renew us, that you would continue your good work of turning us from the darkness into the light of your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. What does it look like to walk in the light in a time of darkness? What does it look like to walk in the light in a time of darkness? And can we walk in the light? Where where, where do we find that light? John, who's writing this letter to uh, Christians in the ancient Roman world, is optimistic and even enthusiastic that, yes, we can walk in the light in a time of darkness. John was writing this letter to a group of Christians in ancient Rome who lived in a predominantly urban setting in cities where uh, diseases and epidemics were common, um, where um, population density was greater than the modern city of Manhattan, all with no modern air filtration systems, where the life expectancy at the time was less than 30 years old. And John says, yes, you can walk in the light. He says to these Christians, you can walk in the light. And and what, what is walking in the light for John? As Sarah shared last week, walking in the light is about fellowship 
It's about right relationships. It's about right fellowship between us and God and us with each other. Walking in the light is about fellowship. And so darkness for John, walking in the darkness, it's about broken relationships. It's about fragmented relationships. And we have plenty of evidence around us of the consequences and the realities of fragmented and broken relationships in our homes, in our household, in our interpersonal relationships, in our communities, in our country, in our world. And so how do we move from fragmentation and brokenness to wholeness? How do we move from sin to righteousness? How do we move from the darkness into the light? We move from the darkness into the light as Christians through repentance, through confession, through repentance. We move from the darkness into the light through repentance. And we continue to walk in the light in a lifestyle of regular repentance. This is part of what essential Christianity is. A lifestyle of repentance is essential Christianity. And today we're going to look at three aspects of repentance. First, repentance is a journey. Repentance is relational. And repentance is a lifestyle. So repentance is a journey, it's relational, and it's a lifestyle. First, repentance is a journey. Now, in, in these times of pandemic, maybe we forgot a bit what journeys are like. I feel like sometimes my most exciting journey of the day is when I get to take the trash outside the house and leave and then walk back in. Um, I never thought I'd be so excited about taking the trash out before, but that's where we've come to. But repentance, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey of being lost and turning to come home. It's a journey from the darkness into the light. Repentance, repentance it's, it's turning language. It's language of going from one direction and turning and moving into another. Repentance is, it's making a 180, going down one path, realizing we're at a dead end and turning and going another direction. It's like this last fall, my, uh, my daughter Ellie and I, we were hiking in the White Mountains up to the top of Mount Eisenhower. And somehow, well, it wasn't somehow, we were chatting and looking at the scenery and daddy kind of just happened to lead us off the trail for quite a bit into the middle of the woods. And we started looking around and realized that we were completely lost and off the trail. And so we had to turn around, we had to make a 180, follow our way back and find our way back up to the top of the mountain. Repentance, it's, it's turning language. It's turning from one direction to another. And we hear a lot, a word in our, uh, being, being used a lot right now about being unrepentant, about political leaders being unrepentant, unrepentant for the ways that they are participating and in, in complicit in the brokenness and the mess that we find our country in right now. Uh, being unrepentant is walking in the same direction in a hard-headed way, continuing to plow forward into the wrong. Repentance is realizing you're lost and turning from the darkness to the light. Now, Christian repentance, it's, it's not just an independent by yourself turning from a bad habit to a good habit. 
Christian repentance is different at at that U-turn, at the, at the beginning of that U-turn that we make as Christians in repentance is confession. Confession is the first step of, of repentance. In repentance, we, we, we first confess, and then we receive God's grace, and then we turn and we walk in the light. But at the beginning of that, that U-turn, it's confession. Because we, it's, it's realizing that to turn into the light that we can't do it on our own. That we need God to walk with us. Christian repentance is finding God when we're at our very end and receiving his grace and mercy and turning us into the light. Christian, Christian repentance is, it's not about just behavior change or behavior modification. It's coming and seeing the fullness and the totality of our sin and our brokenness at the dead end of that U-turn and naming it, confessing it, calling a spade a spade, naming the brokenness that we've been so blinded to. That's, that's confession. It's confession of our sin. Now, a great question is, is what is sin? What is sin? It's a word we use all the time as Christians, sin. And it's a, use, it's a word used outside of the Christian church as well. What is sin? What, what does the Bible say is sin? It's helpful to start first to understand what sin is, to know what it's not. The, the opposite of sin, we have to look at what is God's intention for this world? God's intention for this world comes in this rich Hebrew word, shalom. And shalom often gets translated peace, and it is peace, but it's this deeper, holistic peace where God and us as humans and the rest of the created world live in this creative harmony with one another in right relationship, us and God, right relationship with each other, right relationship with God's creation. This is God's intention for his world. It's this fellowship. It's this holistic fellowship that we find at the center of even God's triune life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That type of fellowship is meant to exist in God's creation. And so sin is what the Christian writer Cornelius Plattinga says. Sin is, if shalom is the way the world is supposed to be, sin is the way the world is not supposed to be. Sin Cornelius Plattinger writes in his book about sin, is a culpable damaging of shalom. It's a culpable damaging of shalom. It's ways that we actively participate in damaging God's intention for this holistic peace, well-being, flourishing of God's world. Any way that we selfishly damage God's intention, that's sin. Any way that we damage God's intention for shalom, for this holistic peace in our interpersonal relationships, in our households, in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, um, kids and youth in your schools, uh, in, in, in our society, in our country, in our world, any ways we damage God's intention for shalom, that's sin. And so when we come and we, we confess we're confessing ways that we've actively been damaging this, this fellowship that God longs for, for us as his people, and then extending out into his world. From our closest relationships 
to our common life in our country. And so the first step in repentance, in this journey of repentance where we come to the end of ourselves and we see our sin as we name it, we name it for all that it is before God. And in that place, the beauty of Christian repentance is again, it's not just our self turning ourselves away towards new habits. At that moment of confession, when we name the totality of our sin, we see an even greater fullness of God's mercy in Jesus Christ at the cross poured out for us to cover over, to clean us, uh, taking on Jesus, even taking on the judgment and the consequences of all that we've done. We meet God in that radical, sacrificial love in Jesus at the cross. And so we first, we confess, but then we receive, we receive God's love. And so, and what, what happens in this moment is we're, we're turned, we, we're, we come face to face with this radical love of Jesus in our most broken place, the place we thought we were the most lost. We meet the depth of God's love at its fullest in Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross for us, that radical self-giving sacrificial love. And that love then, that's the love that then turns us, helps us make that 180 to walking in the light. And as John talks about walking in the light is about this fellowship, this love shared and received between us and each other and received from God. So that same quality of fellowship and love, we meet that as we confess our sin and receive that same love from Jesus. So that love from Jesus, it turns our face, shapes us in a new way to walk in a new way of life with one another with that same quality of love and grace that we find at the cross in the depth of our sin and brokenness. So repentance, it's a journey. It's a journey of confession, of receiving God's grace and turning and walking in the light. Repentance is a journey first, but it's also, it's relational. Repentance is relational. And re repentance, it's not a DIY project that you find on Pinterest or YouTube. It's not DIY. And if you're not in the know about what DIY is, as I wasn't not long ago either, it means do it yourself. We, are, we were interacting with a neighbor and she was talking all about DIY, DIY, DIY. And I had to ask my wife, Julie, Julie, what's DIY? I have no idea what she's talking about. Repentance is not a DIY project. Repentance, it's relational. It's relational first, as we already talked about, as we come to the end of ourselves and our sin and we meet Jesus. And, and the New Testament talks all about the fact that Jesus's righteousness, his goodness, his holiness, as we confess, it covers us. And we're united to Christ. So as we turn uh, to walk in the light, we're not walking by ourselves. We're walking in unity with Jesus. But it's not just relational in our relationship with Jesus, but um, repentance is relational in our relationships with one another. Repentance is, it's a relational project that we work out together with and in God's family, with the church, with his people and fellowship with one another. Repentance is, it, it's, it's relational. Confession is in part supposed to be an, in a private prayer with God, but that it cannot stop there. 
confession is meant to be done, and the New Testament talks about it in multiple places, we're called, as James says, confess your sins to one another. Confession is meant to be done out loud. Uh, we're, we're, we're called to name it before others, partly by confessing to those we've wronged, but also going to trusted people in the church, pastors, mentors, Christ, dear Christian friends, um, youth group leaders like Jordan and, and, and Beth, and we're, we're called to share our burdens with one another and have them pray for us and lift us up. Repentance, it's, it's relational. It, it reminds me of when uh, about five years ago, I was finishing up my, my last year at seminary and I had stayed on an extra year to do one more degree. So almost all of my friends had graduated and left. And it was a lonely, isolating year spiritually for me as well. And I typically did not go to chapel that year, but one Wednesday, I think somewhat out, out of guilt, I decided to go to chapel. And I had, there was another friend who had actually stayed in the area and had gone on to be a pastor at a church. And randomly that day, he decided to drive to the seminary and go to the chapel service as well. I walked in a few minutes late. There was one seat left in the auditorium right next to my friend. So I sat down there and the, the pastor who was preaching, he was sharing about the importance of Christian friendship in, in the life of discipleship. And he repeated this phrase a number of times at one point. He said, who's praying for your sin? Who is praying for your sin? And my friend and I, we just turned and looked at each other. And since that day, every couple of months, my friend and I meet up to pray for one another, to share laughs and fun as well. But we always spend time praying together for our, for our joys, our sorrows, but always also for any areas of sin we need to be praying for. That question, who's praying for your sin? What relationships do you have where you can go with your deepest burdens? Again, both the joys, but also the sorrows, the places you feel lost. Who's praying for those places? Who's walking with you? We want to be a church, a congregation where we walk with each other, where we bear one another's burdens. Again, repentance, this journey from the darkness into light, it's relational. We never do it alone. We do it with Jesus, we do it with God, and we do it with one another. So repentance, it's a journey. Repentance is relational. And then lastly, repentance, it's a lifestyle. Repentance, it's, it's a lifestyle. If, if we look at this letter from John, what does he talk about about sin? He's saying, he says, walk in the light. He also says in verse, uh, in chapter two, verse one, I'm writing these things so that you don't sin. So he's saying, don't sin. But then he says, if you do sin, confess. And he says, if you say you don't have sin, you make God a liar. Why? Because the whole reason God sent Jesus was to mend a broken world, to save this world from its sin and its brokenness. So if we say we have no sin, we make that gift, that self-giving gift of God and Jesus, we're saying that that's a lie. And so John is saying, uh, if, you, if you say you don't have sin, you make God a liar. So he's saying, you, you have sin. In some ways, John's message here is a bit kind of no duh. It's like, we, we have sin. You have sin in your life. 
don't sin, don't walk in sin, walk in the light. But when you see you have sin, if you have sin, confess it. And so this, this letter, it's written to Christians. It's written to Christians that John knows has sin in their midst. We as, as, as people, we have this sinful drift, this sinful, selfish drift that's both kind of an inward turning to protect ourselves. And it's also this, we do so many things to damage that shalom, that holistic peace that God wanted to bring to this world. And so the Christian walk, it's a regular, even daily process of repentance, of turning from the darkness into the light. And as we make repentance part of our rhythm of Christian discipleship, of confessing, of receiving God's grace and turning back into the light, um, we don't become more sinful. God actually makes us more whole and holy. Um, it's like God is this, um, this master woodworker who's slowly etching out his masterpiece, um, sanding off the rough edges. That's what repentance does to us. And the hope is that those, our wanderings become less far down a bad, a bad way, and we realize our sin more quickly and we turn back into the light. And every time we repent and we come back into the light, we come back more and more and more into the center of that fellowship that God longs for us. Fellowship with him and fellowship with one another. A lifestyle of repentance makes us more whole as we walk our journey of faith. Now, leading a lifestyle of repentance, it's both about how God grows us and shapes us. It's about how we continue to remember just the radical self-giving nature of who God is. Living repentance as a lifestyle, it's also because life is surprising. And there are circumstances in life that come along that can easily drag us down a dark road. And we all have been down those different roads that have come and surprised us that we weren't ready for. I know that this season of COVID for many people, it has worked in many ways to pull many of us into these dark places, down dark roads. And now not all of our struggle during COVID is sin. That, that, that's not the case at all. But it can have a tendency to pull us into sinful patterns and habits that we kind of didn't see the first step as we started walking down that, but then we find ourselves at a dead end. I know that this time has just ramped up uh, appetites for alcohol, food, media consumption, anything to kind of scratch that itch and relieve us for a moment from the sense of isolation, loneliness, boredom fears, worries that we carry during this time. It's so easy to go to those places. Are any of those places damaging your relationships? Damaging the shalom that God intends for your interpersonal relationships, your household, your family, your work relationships, your relationships in our common life, um, in our country? And these things are so hard and, and we, we are here as a congregation. Again, repentance is relational. We're here 
to walk with each other through these dark places, to be listening ears, to be people of prayer, but to walk through these journeys of repentance where we turn from the darkness with Jesus, with one another, and then walk into the light. Repentance, it's, it's a lifestyle. We always need to be ready to repent. And also, challenging times don't just take us down dark paths. Challenging times often reveal those sort of skeletons in the closet that we just never dealt with before in the past. Um, and we've all had experiences in life where we're, we go into a new season and something that was always there was just exposed. And we have to repent of that and name it and turn and be healed and walk in the light. I've talked to many uh, white, had many conversations with white Christians during this COVID time, during this quarantine time, who talked about that quarantine has actually given them some space to see the depth of the racial divides, the racial disparities in our country, the injustices. It's given them space to, to read and to learn, and even to realize and see their participation, their complicity in these divides and in these injustices that exist in our, in our country and in our world. And then to confess those, receive God's grace and turn and walk in new ways in that shalom, that fellowship that we're called to have with one another. So living a lifestyle of repentance, it makes us ready for these seasons that expose areas in our lives that have always been there and that God wants to grow and shape us in. So to conclude, we walk in the light as we lead a lifestyle of repentance. Repentance, that, that turning from the darkness into light of confessing, receiving God's mercy, walking into the light, that lifestyle of repentance that, that makes us into humble, compassionate, gracious people who, who then are, 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 are driven and compelled to help work out God's intention for that shalom, that holistic well-being of fellow, right fellowship with God, right fellowship with one another and with God's world. And we work in these things not out of some sort of smug sense of self-righteousness that might come from just trying to uh, do, have some do-it-yourself repentance projects. No, we, we, we move out into the world. We try to work for this shalom because God has made us vulnerable and, and open to this radical other-centered love that's rooted in Jesus that we experience at the cross in confession and receiving and walking a new life. And so we get to go into this week knowing that we can walk in that radical, other-centered love of God. We can walk in that light. We can walk in that fellowship, even in these dark times. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that we can walk in the light of your grace and mercy. We pray that you would send your spirit, uh, even this week, to, uh, to open our eyes to those places where we need to confess, repent, receive your mercy, and turn and walk 
in that fellowship that you long for all of us to walk in. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.